0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, where each week we find out just what makes our Oklahoma songwriters tick. If you've ever been interested in the process of how songs get written, or if you're a songwriter looking for tips and inspiration, then you are in the right place. I do one-on-one interviews with your favorite Oklahoma artists and dig into why and how they write their music. I'm your host, Jared Valuch, and I'm very, very happy you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today's episode features Derek Hall, and we're gonna be talking about his song Harry Nielsen. We're also gonna be talking about subjects like the difficulty of being stuck creatively on a song and Also, the difficulties of collaborating. Please enjoy Let me see so uh, what is that song
1: title is it did you know uh, it's called Harry Nielsen uh. Uh, I wrote that tune about Kirsten, You know, we were talking earlier before we started about writing songs. You know, I think we would mentioned Dan Martin and that, his song about that canon. And uh, you had mentioned trying to write more outside of love and, and, you know, either a song about love or a song about yourself or something. Yeah. I don't do that very well. And so I've just never really.
0: Well, it's hard when I think most of us are super introspective. And right? so you're always. I mean, I'm an observer of people, but I'm always trying to figure out my own motivations behind shit. Like, why mm. do I act the way I do? Blah, right. Blah, blah, So,
1: Yeah. And that that's one of those tunes where it was like, uh, and I've also never, I'm probably a bad songwriter in the aspect of, uh, trying to do other things, you know, I'll sit down and write a lot. I used to a lot more too. you know, like, uh write every day even if it's crap just write every day that way your tools are always sharp you know yeah but I've never sat down and just written a tune like I want to write a song about this desk you know or, <laughs> or something like <laughs> yeah. that but that was a tune that was when Kirsten and I first started dating that's one of those songs where it's all true you know and it just kind of came and oh those are the best days yeah yeah she she sang a, a Harry Nilsson song we'd before I ever, you know, we were just kind of hanging out, being buddies, and we played a gig together, and one night I walked her all over Norman, trying to get the courage up to lay one on her, and, and uh, she sang that Harry Nilsson song, um, or she sang A Here in Harry Nilsson song over at Andrews Park, there's that amphitheater. Oh, yeah. And we were walked. she lived over by there, and I mean, I had walked her poor legs all over Norman, trying to get up the courage. and. We stopped stopped there, and she she was singing. We were under the amphitheater, and she was singing. Uh, I think it's called "Troubles." It's a Harry Nilsson tune off of The Point. I think, probably wrong, <laughs> but and then I wrote that tune, and and uh, that was a that was one of those ones that just came, you know. Like it just I always feel like writing a song for me is like. An airplane coming through the clouds, and you can kind of see something, but you don't know what it is. Right. And then you kind of see the nose coming out, and then you can see. It. It's like, oh, okay, that's an airplane. Is that a helicopter? Oh, it's an airplane. <laughs> okay, well, is it a, is it a Cessna? Is it a Boeing? What is it? You know. And as it comes through the clouds, you see the form, and then finally, it's there. This is what this is. You know. And that's one of those where it's like, oh, I can't force this. I just got to let it come. Actually, I think I wrote that one in like a day, but. Well, yeah, but when you're in that
0: zone, it's still letting it mm-hmm. come because it's yeah. just
1: that inspiration. Shit. There's some that take forever, though. You know, it's like how slow is this plane's gonna crash? Yeah, like, gotta right. pick up some
0: speed. It's actually a really cool way to describe it, kind of coming through the clouds, because that's how I feel a lot, a lot of the time, especially for man on those hard songs that just take forever. I don't even. It's like pulling teeth. I'm yep. just waiting. I'm like, God, when is it, when, when am I gonna write? This this verse I
1: can't find it. Those are usually the ones that I end up cannibalizing someday down the road. Oh yeah. Like and I don't write a whole lot down. You know, usually if I get a lyric in my head or a line, it's just stuck in my head. It's almost drive you crazy. Yeah. You know.
0: There was a punk band, Jake, uh, or a pop punk or something. Uh, less than Jake. I've heard of that. Remember that title that the. Yeah that guy used to do the exact same thing like they were fairly big at whatever yeah. point and uh i remember hearing some kind of interview with him where he was just like i don't ever write anything down if it's not good enough for me to remember mm-hmm. then it's
1: not good enough all right if i get stuck on a tune uh like when i can think of like uh, a song called wolves and i had the song that one that one was one that built itself it built itself and it took me probably two months to write it, but it was an idea that I had. I had an idea. So I had this idea. This, the song talk the chorus talks about, um, it's kind of like, I, I need some sleep, but I got to watch, I got to keep, uh, but the idea in my head was I was watching this movie and there was this guy stranded somewhere in the wolves. It might have been that movie with Liam Neeson. Is that a, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, what is that even called? But yeah, it doesn't matter. I can't remember what the movie's called, but like, you know, you wave the fire at the mm-hmm. wolves and they run off. And the tagline in that is like, "These wolves out here ain't afraid of fire." And then the B section, the B line is, "These wolves out here are closing in." And uh, so the whole idea behind it was kind of like problems in life. You know, like when you're young, your problems are they seem crazy, but it's usually your own stupidity causing them. And they're, you can scare them off, you know, but when you get older, these wolves ain't afraid of fire, you know, like they're coming for you. Yeah. So I kind of had this idea and then it's like, well, what do I do with this tune? You know? And I had written part of it and then my pops passed away. And then the rest of the song just kind of wrote itself. Well, like the second verse wrote itself. Um, and so I had the first verse and the second verse and I had the chorus And I was like, it needs one more. And so I I ended up writing it all down just so I could like read it and just kind of look at it and be angry because I couldn't figure it out. But that's sometimes like that. All right. But usually most of my tunes, I don't even write down like that's just kind of that's impressive because I
0: I'm that guy that's got like I've got what I probably have 2000 voice memos at this point just bits and pieces of things and I'll write down lyrics and just keep them forever. And I've got paper scattered throughout this house. That's just like one little stanza of something that, uh, but I mean, that's, I love that. That's awesome.
1: I will now I do, I'll go through sometimes I haven't done it in a long time, but there'll be times where I'll, I'll go through and just write down all my songs just so I have them.
0: Oh, right, right, right. You know, yeah, I got that. Or,
1: or I'll sit down, and if I've got something that's just, like I said, like, kind of like with Wolves, it's just sticking in my head, I'll go ahead and write down whatever I've got just so I can leave it. Like, I need to leave this because it's driving me nuts. Yeah, I'll do that. So I'm just going to write this down and forget about it for a while, and then maybe someday, like, yeah, you know, maybe someday I'll come back and either finish it or, I can cannibalize a line from it for this other song or something, but see that's what I did with a tune
0: uh the most recent song I wrote it's uh first of all, well, it's weird how pain is this compressor mm-hmm. it acts like a compressor on your creativity. it just like squeezes you until it just like it pops out right but uh, I was having one of those days where I don't even remember what happened now, but I had this uh like weird thought in my head and it may have been shortly i mean this was years ago so it may have been shortly after like i broke off an engagement uh to a girl and like i had this this thought come to my head and i was i was just of all things i was just washing the the dishes in the kitchen and i i just pulled my phone out and i had to start writing and it was just this moment and it was just one long stand it was like i'm headed west behind the sun if i do it right Tomorrow will never come because I'm too tired of moving forward and I don't want to hurt her or something. Right. And, and it continued on. Um, I've, it's a full song now, but I just finished that thing like less than a month ago. Right. And that was just, and I, all I had was that. Mm-hmm. And so from there I had to create two more things. And then I finally, and the tagline at the end of it is, uh, let's see, it, it goes, on, I'll live forever. And i won't have to face you i'll drive in silence trying to forget you and then in the tag is just like we love to travel but we hate to arrive oh, nice. and it was just this thing and like now it's become like it's my favorite song i've written so far and it's actually one of the most simple yeah uh, but Simple's the lyrics beautiful. the lyrics are just it's strong it's true it's honest but that little piece that i had in the beginning it was just i'm headed west behind the sun if i do it right tomorrow will never come and then I wrote a bunch of bullshit after that. But that was the part that I like, I pulled from that like five, three, four years later. And I was just like, man, thank God I still have this phone.
1: <laughs> Is, yeah. Yeah. Like I've done that with, I have a hard time sometimes when I, oh will I'll get something and it'll be a good line like yours, like, um, heading West behind the sun. If I do it right, tomorrow I'll never come. And then you put a second line to it, just kind of finish out the breath and the good line is that first line, that second line's whatever. Yeah. But I'll have to put it down and come back to to realize, oh, I don't need that second line. The first line was what this was. Throw that second line away because I'm wrapped around the axle on whatever it is I have right here, you know? And um, that's a big thing with, like I was saying a while ago, about not, f- like I try not to force something. I wrote a song called Movies, and it was. It was kind of like the, the song about the canon to where it's about something, but it's about something else, you know, but I wasn't trying to write. I dated this girl and, you know, you always have that girl you write songs, a lot of songs about and, and, you know, bad breakup, this and that and whatever. And then she came back into my life all of a sudden and a buddy of mine was like, what are you going to do, man? Like, I watched her tear you apart five years ago. And I was like, oh, I've seen this movie, I know how it ends, I'm just gonna enjoy the good parts. And so I was like, oh, that's that's a song, you know? Hell yeah. And cool. so I just sat and I just sat on that. And it would be like, okay, what should I, okay, I'm gonna write this song about a movie, you know, and then it never came and then one day it just kinda clicked, and then I just sat down and wrote that sucker, you know, and it was like and it worked out, you know. But it's like that you get that one line and or that one one idea and You just kind of, it's like a madman in in your, in my head anyway, like no matter what I'm doing, I've got this just twisting over and over inside my head until I either just write it down and leave it or write it, you know, but watching that plane
0: come through the clouds. Yeah. That's what it made me think. I was like, you're staring at the nodes, just waiting for that next piece to show itself. Like, I know, I know this is here. I just don't know what it is. Oh yeah. I have like a. I have this really really neat jazz progression that I wrote a couple years ago, and I think I started to write a song. I wanted like I've always been pretty intrigued by people that can collaborate with other people, right? Because for me, it's super hard. Me too. Because I think because we're all so individualistic about what, how we write, and we're all control freaks in our own world. You for know sure. what I mean? And it's like I know how to get to where I want to go, but I don't know if I can take you with me, because you're gonna try to pull me off or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I do it really well now with the band. Like we've gotten really good at collaborating, but uh, I tried to do my first collaboration with uh, Abigail Dawn. Right. And yeah. uh, so we sat down one day and we were writing this, this jazzy thing. Cause I was like, she's perfect. She, she loves that style that her voice lends itself really well. Mm-hmm. And so we were messing around with it and like, great voice. Yeah. And we got like halfway through the song and then we just
1: kind of, it just kind of dissipated. Like right. The energy <laughs> fell away, and I was like, I don't... You're working too hard on writing a song and instead of letting the song write itself. or uh, That sounds kind of hippy-dippy, but
0: like... Well, there's, there's definitely truth to it. I also feel like uh, that's part of the challenge for me now. Mm-hmm. One of my dreams was to become a professionally paid songwriter. And one of the ways I've been able to do that is... Um, through um, doing weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because part of that package that we offer is like, you can you can pay us to write your love story. We'll send you a questionnaire. Oof. And you tell me how you guys met and blah, blah, blah. You're making me sweat. Yeah, dude. It, the first time I <laughs> did it, I, I, it was running down the back of my legs <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I mean, I wrote that first one and I was like, I'm a weird dude when it comes to, I don't know, I, in my own way, I guess, but like romantic love stories, I absolutely love them. Like I, I love writing love songs because that's—it's just something that's in my head a lot. How old are you?
1: Uh, Thirty-two. There's an author named Chuck Klosterman. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He wrote a book called Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> uh, but he just kind of rants. Most of his books are nonfiction it's just him kind of ranting he he was a writer for spin and espn he does sports writing and music writing but he does he has these books where he just kind of rants on pop culture and he's he's i'm 36 i think he's like 44 45 you know but this kind of bubble air that you and i and he kind of grew up in he talks about how we're all fucked because we're helpless romantics because we grew up with John Cusack movies and yeah, man, point songs and, blank and, and all this bullshit, all these love stories yeah. where, you know, and so we're, we're helpless romantics that will almost maybe never find real love because we're so used to this Coldplay song talking about love and this, this <laughs> yeah. John Cusack movie where this is what love is and love's right in front of our face and we never see it, you know? Right. But yeah, like hopeless romantic and writing a love song. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, I can do it
0: almost at will (laughs) at this point. But, like, uh, and I try to stay away from doing that too much because you can get burned out. But getting to write people's stories for them, it's the scariest thing in the world. But the more we do it, the more I'm, like, it was this thing because I was, like, I want that challenge of writing something that I'm not engaged to. I'm (sighs) I'm not a part of it. I want it to be something that's, like, I wanted to see if I could turn it into like business almost. Like, I, yeah. I, I was like, I'm a good songwriter whenever I'm motivated, but let's see what happens whenever I'm given a subject. It'd be hard.
1: I mean, I feel like writing a song for somebody, I don't know. I mean, I could, I guess I could do it. You know, you write a song. Oh, yeah. Like, but like to write a good song, I don't know that. That's now if somebody took one of my songs and put it on their album or something. Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't me writing a song for you. That was me writing a song for me. me right. I guess. And then, I man, applaud you. That to write a song for someone else seems hard. And then to write a song to encapsulate somebody's entire. Love story for the biggest day of their love story. Oh yeah,
0: that's when we unveil it too. <laughs> I, they don't get to hear it. Till I gotta the day. go. I can't. <laughs> just too much
1: hit stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's what that's what I, we do is we actually unveil it to them the day of their wedding.
1: Uh, Has anybody ever been like, nah, no, uh, no thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I still got the receipt. Take it back. <laughs> uh, not, not yet. That would hurt.
0: It would hurt. I can the injection. It was one of those things where I, you have to try to walk that line of, like, I can't not be me. Yeah. I have to put myself in this. Like, it's going to have to be my style to a degree. Look, I'm going to have to sleep with your wife. Yeah. We, we <laughs> <laughs> just, t- you know, a high five on the way okay. in the door yeah. and out the door will be all right. It's all for the song. Yeah. I, I let you do it, and then I show you how I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just this this thing of uh yeah i don't know it's crazy yeah I, but it is cool like I, one of the questions i ask is like if you could have an artist or band play your song or write your song who would that be and so one of the ways that i try to help myself is i do i'll immerse myself in whatever artist that they pick oh yeah and then i will i will use elements of their style to do it. Like I just did one by, um, I can't remember who it was. It was like five finger death punch of all bands because of this one acoustic track that he, that they wanted, um, played in their wedding at some point. But, and so I, I pulled directly from that and I was like, okay, so he's using just a, a simple A, B, A, B, C you know yeah. songwriting form and he's doing just four chords and I'm like this could be country this could be rock it could be whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. um in all reality and so I just took it and I was like okay try to take out my twang you know and try to just not do like a country strum and just do a more straight up and down kind mm-hmm. of kind of like a, it's it's like a rocker sitting in the back of his tour bus and he recorded it kind of thing yeah and so I just went at it like that and so it's cool to try and like take those and copy and do these things. Can we pause real quick? Oh, yeah. Short commercial break. <laughs> no, one of the things that I actually wanted to talk about a little bit is, because uh, uh, I just had Josh in. Polashek? Yeah. Polashek? Uh, <laughs> yes. Polashek. I never know how to say the name. <laughs> I do that every time. We did that for Love that probably dude. five minutes straight. Uh, but no, he was talking about the, um, the whole 22 thing oh yeah um, 22 a day yeah and i because that like he's a veteran you're a veteran i'm i am too and like i remember coming home did you have to do like the the yellow ribbon um although this might be a national that might have been just a guard thing but it was like the basically it was a 90-day debriefing um where we had to show up for events where they would talk about you know suicidal tendencies whatever blah 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 they were trying to And this actually, since I was after you, maybe it was uh, something they put into place slowly over time Yeah, where they were trying to like do these things after we got home to try and give resources for mental health and all this stuff. Um, Because we we came home and within a week we finished, we'd out-processed and all that, did that first debriefing. But after that, we kept coming back for these events every so often trying to like, Trying to get resources and stuff to us, but it was like, it's so weird. You're around, you know, 150 or more men and women that, like, we all survived. We're home. We're all tough. And, you know, it's weird. It's like, you don't feel like you should need help because you're done. Like, I finished the hard part kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, 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 there's a lot of people that saw worse stuff than I did, you know? Well, and There's, that's the other thought that goes through everybody's heads. Yeah. Like, I, you know... I've got all my limbs. Right. You know, I've got... Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have anything like that, but I think, you know, I was there. We got there at 04, and then it was at all of 05. So you spent... You were there a minute. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't think that they... Until, you know, because we went to Afghanistan, what, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Iraq in 2003 was the initial push, I think. And I don't think that they really knew how to deal with this influx of all these people coming, these soldiers coming home, where I'll never compare Iraq and Afghanistan to Vietnam, because Vietnam was just seemingly so much worse. Right, but the the thing with the insurgency, where you're not fighting uniform military, so you're suspicious. You're you're on high alert Constantly. all the time. Yeah, you you never know. You know, how many times did you come back and you'd see one of your interpreters down in the bullpen because they found out he was given intel to you know these insurgents and 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 then you're like, well, is he a bad guy or were they gonna hurt his family? You know, you just never know. And so I think we had so many people coming home. Cause, you know World War II and all that it was just shell shock there was you it was nothing you don't talk about it and and then so now you have everyone coming home, and who are you gonna call? Am I gonna call you and ruin your day because I'm having a bad day? <laughs> you know like hey, remember all this bad stuff? yeah, well, you're not you you know you're supposed to be tough you're you, and the bad, like you said, the bad part's over, and you know, but yeah, we didn't really have anything like that. I'm sure there were resources, but it's also making the person reach out to the resources you're not going to I don't remember I think I did have to do one
0: psyche eval when I first got back but I was I don't know I was in a really weird place whenever I went over I uh, don't talk about it often but like I I joined the military because I wanted to get I was trying to get out of trouble right like I was in pretty deep with some drug problems and stuff and uh, drinking problems and so I was like, well, this will maybe this will teach me to be a man and get me out of this, <laughs> shit. and so. Uh, but I, I went over there, and when I was over there, I was not. The, I was not in the correct headspace. Uh, I mean, I did my job, and I was I was really good at it. But like, I I couldn't care less whether I made it back or not.
1: Right. I mean, oh man, I think it Army, was a weird, weird, weird time. I'm far, far different than I was then. Me too. <clears throat> I, you know, I we did like a eval when we first got back, and then I had to do another one later. But I didn't go like I said, reaching out for help or whatever, because you think there's nothing wrong. Uh, You know, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, yeah, might be weird, but everyone's weird probably. And and when I finally went and did my eval, I told Kirsten before I left, you know, I was like, they're not, they're just going to send me home. Like, why'd you waste our time? And then that ended up not being the case. But you never know. You don't know. No. And that 22 a day number, I mean, that's, one a day is too high, yeah, and
0: well, the amount of people that didn't too is a some, is something else like uh I don't know about you, but I got to a place where I was pretty close to pulling the trigger and uh trying to take myself out, and I, I mean I didn't yeah, but it was something like i I remember sitting in my room like for well over an hour just at the I don't know I'd been drinking and doing all these crazy things that you do when you get back and like i'd gotten to this place where i was trying so hard i was just like i just come on like i could i could end this if i can just get the strength to pull this trigger and i like that's that was what the thought kept going
1: over and over in my mind i was like it'll take less than a second you know i think it's the the ultimate control you know you think like uh i don't know about it's hard
0: to readjust When you when you come home, you have such a different perspective on what life
1: means and what it is. And your only list is sh- you. The only thing on your list of shit to do over there is don't die. Yeah. If you can check that box at the end of the day, you're good. And I'm and adjusting. Now I have you, to pay bills. <laughs> I got to pay bills and listen to someone bitch about some bullshit that I don't give a shit about. Like, what are you talking about? And then you have to realize. I don't know. For me, you know, there'll be people that are like, I could never do that, or uh, you know, I had this happen, but it wasn't like what you went through. And it's like. I always say, like, well, what's the scariest you've ever been? Well, it's the same. It may you, the scariest thing that may have ever happened, or scariest thing ever happened to you was a dog almost attacked you. But if you got so scared that you thought, you know, everything goes cold, yeah, then yeah. it's the same, you know, in a way. I don't know. I'm not. a psychiatrist or anything but well our bar gets moved as things happen being extremely scared is being extremely scared no matter what it is making you be scared and um but i think like with you know pulling that trigger and ending it is it kind of ends up when you're trying to adjust and you're back in this world that you don't understand necessarily or or you understand but you think that it doesn't understand you or something the, the ultimate control is well the I can end this. I, the one thing I have left that I can control is doing this. Yeah. And that's not the case. I mean, it is the case, I guess, but it's not the way, you no, know. No, definitely not. But there's, there are definitely times, you know. And
0: But I just, I'm impressed. One thing that I always think about whenever somebody says 22, I'm like, yeah, and how many others that have been there and not done it? You know, there's so many people out there with the same just. I don't know. I think that's why it's so important. And we've had, I'll tell you what,
1: you know, we were a relatively small company, intelligence company, you know, and and a couple of them that have done it from the people that I knew that came home and just couldn't hack it anymore. Yeah. For the ones that you're like, Oh, huh? Like, I don't want to put people's names out there or anything, but right. Man. But like, there's one that I was like, I can't. We found out because she moved after we got home. Everyone kind of goes their own way or whatever, and and then we found out, and it was like, wow, you know, it just kind of stings you a little bit. Like, oh shit, man, we should had a cookout or or you know, we lost yeah. communication, and man, what if we just would have. Hung out some more or that's another weird thing is the scattering
0: that occurs when you come home especially if you get out or whatever like it's you really feel alone then Mm -hmm. even though you meet veterans like i met tons of people when i was working at tinker but it's always different whenever i see an old buddy that was in my actual unit and we were there together
1: yeah yeah and it's almost like a it's almost like seeing an ex-girlfriend (laughs) <laughs> like are we but like i don't know like is it okay to see each other right yeah now? is this fine are we cool what's up and then it's like oh we're cool and then you hang out for a bit and then you start remembering you remember the good times yeah remember that time we did this not a and then it's like oh remember the time we did this remember the time this happened remember this you know and, but i still got my boys that i talk to For sure. We don't see each other that much. Yeah, same here. They came home and, uh, you know, for me, like, I just kind of went, I came home and then spent a decade. I didn't drive for 10 years, you know, um, just kind of became, I had a good time, but I wasn't doing anything until the last few years, you know, it was like, there's no future or whatever. I'm just going to, I loved playing music and luckily, I mean, music was probably the one thing that saved me. It gave me a drive to yeah. go be trying to achieve a goal. But as far as trying to live a normal, you know, air quotations life, like I don't want any part of that or well, that, there's nothing there for me. So I, I'm just going to do this and, and just kind of get by and float along. Never tomorrow was never a thought. Right. You know, I get the, only, the only thought was really like that dream we all have where like, well, I'm just going to make it music and then I'll have somebody take care of everything for me. And I can just be this weird creature that's just doing this thing, yeah, you know, just, just yeah. you know, but it gets better. Oh. Uh, life's way better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's just.
0: Well, there it, is an eventual return to happiness. You don't ever get to be. I don't know. Everything moves forward. Nothing gets to stay the same. And even that weird headspace, it will gradually change and you evolve from the mixture of all those things. Yeah. And it's, and, I have an appreciation that I feel like a lot of people don't have for what I have and what I get to do now. But for sure. And it also was a, it was a something that actually cleared a lot of the clutter as far as like what really matters.
1: Yeah. And, I think that's another thing too that makes you feel like you're alone is when, you know, we have it so good in this country. We have it so good that we find things to be mad about. We have to. You know what I mean? And so I think we were talking a little bit before we started recording about politics and how it's like, I just don't, I've got my thoughts and I'll give me some tequila and I'll let you know how I feel. <laughs> but it's probably not the same as yours, even if we're both on the same team kind of situation. Right. Like. You know, my whys are different than your whys. Yeah. And it's like, you're so upset about this. Well, we could I think we may be a little bit jaded. Uh, you know, a lot of my peers are and it's not their fault, but you think your life's so hard, but go to this place over here where Yeah. I came
0: home to friends being stressed out about finals and stuff yeah. in college, and I was just
1: like have some collateral damage kill your family and destroy your house. <laughs> yeah. You weren't doing nothing. You know, I mean, that's extreme, but man, we have it pretty good here. Yeah. You know? Like there's there's definitely issues and problems that we need to fix. But but like let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, it's yeah. But and it's still like and you can't blame people that haven't been over or, or seen something like that for not right. understanding. What it really made me
0: do was just disengage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, I don't, I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you for being who you are because I know that you we're all just accumulation of what has happened to us in our lives and what we've been through. And I was like, but I can't engage with you because I see something mm-hmm. far to me. I have a point of view that seen that is rooted in a much deeper place than where you're at and i have to disengage with you and not i can't talk to you about this
1: and it's not better i'm not better than you i'm not right like that it's just i've seen something else well and on the contrary i feel
0: like that person is probably going to be far more successful and happy ignorance is bliss yeah than i am and i'm just like i'm just going to be over here with my thoughts not to say that those people are ignorant but
1: like well, if you're ignorant well, to this other stuff, It's gets a bad rap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you've never had to deal with something like that, you don't even know. You see yeah. it on TV. It's kind of fun to talk about it with someone that's seen it. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's an appreciation for. To me, it's an appreciation for how well we do have it here. Like, <laughs> boy, you could have been born there. Like, yeah, as, I have AC.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, this is, is,
1: yeah. This is nice. Which, and it's a, 100 degrees outside today and I hate it. But then I remember like, "Oh, well, I'm not wearing body armor and it's not, you know, 115 degrees and yeah. Did that change like that the weather
0: changed my internal temperature? Oh man. Whenever I came home, even now, if I'm out in this for long enough, I go back to this place of like well, it's really not that bad.
1: No, it's yeah. all right. About 10 minutes like I said, I was telling you at work the other day Ten minutes in, I was sweat through my, my shirt, but then it I just feels didn't care. Good. Yeah, It feels like, good. After, I, re- I remember this. Like, yeah, you know, just I remember being, laying on top of a helicopter, just getting the shit burned out of me. Yeah, because the sun's beating down on it. Dude, I took some sleeping pills one time and passed out in a chair in the summer, and I pulled my shirt up over my head. And I woke up just lobster <laughs> red, and it looked like I was wearing a sports bra. It's like my belly and everything was completely burnt. And, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get used to that. Or do you remember wearing a like a jacket at night, and still mm-hmm. like 85 degrees, but it was a 20 degree temperature drop because that desert doesn't retain heat, you know. And oh yeah, at night. But yeah, it's a different world, and it's so weird how one year of 36 years. One thirty-sixth of my life defined so much of my life yeah you know and a lot of it is nothing you know what to say like war is endless hours of boredom separated by moments of mass chaos you know
0: yeah it was yeah it was
1: some of the best moments of my life and some of the worst moments of my life for sure Talking about, you know, being overseas and everything, the good and the bad, like I said earlier, that's where I learned to play guitar. Yeah. You know? Um, You definitely
0: have downtime. I read more and played more and wrote more than I ever have in my life.
1: You're not on a bunch of booze and stuff, you know. You're the clarity we were talking about. And I remember I read so much. I got into music that I'd never really listened. Like, I got really into Bob Dylan Um, because you're just thirsty. We were on a little fob that didn't have... We didn't have a PX or anything. We had a little PX tent. And uh, so I'd be like, just send me movies, send me music, send me books. And someone sent me a Bob Dylan box set. And I knew who Bob Dylan... Everyone knows who Bob Dylan is, but I'd never listened. Yeah, I actually dove into any of that, really. And I dove into it. And it was... I mean, it changed my brain in a lot of ways. Like, you know... And uh, I read books. I read you know, did more reading than I'd probably ever done and expanded my mind, you know, like I remember reading the cider house rules. It was, it was a movie, but I'd found that book somewhere and I read it and it changed my mind on like abortion and stuff like that. And I'd grown up one way thinking this and read this book and, and then it changed how I thought like, Oh, I'd never looked at it that way or cause the movie is just the second half of the book. The first half of the book is way different, you know, or, you know, focuses on this, the movie focuses on Tobey Maguire's character. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's like Tobey Maguire and Charlie Theron. I know I've seen part
0: of it, but it's when was that even made? That
1: was, was way back. 2000s, probably. Yeah. Early 2000s, late 90s. I don't know. But the movie, I'd never seen the movie. I'd heard of it, but I read the book and then I watched the movie, and the movie just focuses on like to- Tobey Maguire's character. The first part of the book focuses on um the old doctor's character you've never seen the movie so none of this matters to you but (laughs) but yeah but yeah just reading and and then listening to music and you've got so much boredom you know it's not like you can just go out and head down to the bar or go to the mall or you know you're for a long time me and my guys there's 13 of us we lived in a bunker Mm, on yeah. this little bitty fob that only had 450 people all together out in the middle of nowhere. And you got nothing to do except read. You didn't have the internet. You couldn't just get on Facebook. At that time, Facebook was still for college kids only. We had MySpace.
0: Yeah, I was about there. to say, I got on Facebook when it was still for I had college Zanga. kids.
1: Zanga. Zanga.
0: I remember the name. I never had a
1: Zanga. It was just a very, like, you could have, like, a profile picture, and then you just it was just a blog, essentially, kind of situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could find my old... Z- ah, maybe. I wish I could find my old saying goodbye. Yeah. But anyway, so we're supposed to talk about music, right? That's true. <laughs> we will talk about that for sure. I'll probably... <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
0: actually, why I brought up the whole 22 thing is Josh wants to hopefully create a, uh, I don't know when he wants to do it or how he's going to do it, but he wants to set up like a, a a benefit, like a 22 benefit, uh, for veterans and do like, uh, have as many veteran artists come on
1: and, uh, play for it as possible. He's mentioned that to me before. Yeah. I'd like to see what he does. I mean, that dude gets, I love watching when he gets onto something and starts creating, I met him at JJ's, yeah. one of the Blake Sunday things. And uh, and just over time getting to know him, like, it's always, like, he, he did some art. Like, he painted, I'll see paintings, and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, his and guitar then, case alone. Yeah. It's like, okay. Wow. Cool, man. Like, so I'm excited to see what he puts together for, for this benefit, though. Yeah, he's a creative creative dude i felt like i should be more involved like i'll always go support any if if i'm asked but you know i've never really thought about starting well i thought about starting one thing one time where it's like you know all those old vietnam vets that didn't have any support structure when they got home for ptsd because it wasn't a term or or whatever and i thought about doing like a like a battle buddy system to where it's like younger kids coming home now where, yeah, there's counseling and there's medication and stuff like that, but just going with one of these dudes that had to learn how to live without the support system and the medication and and, and just kind of maybe not go, you know, just going and hanging out, just yeah. getting together, old veteran. There's probably stuff like that. I guess the VFW or whatever. and. But I
0: mean I guess so, but I don't know that there's an actual program. That's kinda like a big brother kind of situation where Yeah. And you can actually talk to somebody that's like I had to do it on my own, so mm-hmm. you know, be grateful that you have these tools, but here's what I did whenever nothing
1: else was working. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And that would be invaluable could, information to have. When you go do a lot of the counseling stuff, it's you know, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that. And it's like, I'm gonna drink. Right. Yeah. I, I mean like yeah, don't use it
0: as a crutch, you know. I but. remember telling myself I wasn't gonna, I was gonna leave everything alone. Uh, when I was on my way back home, I was like, "Man, I'm in such a good place. I'm ju- I'm not gonna do anything." And I remember within, and, and I think it, I wouldn't have done it if they hadn't said, "Don't do it." Right. Because within the very first, within the first five hours of getting off the airplane, I was blackout drunk <laughs> at at a
1: bar down in Lawton, and I was just like. How about- oh, yeah, I, when I first got home, I was kind of the same, you know. I don't think that I told myself I wasn't going to drink. I think I probably told myself I can't wait to get home and get blackout drunk. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I do remember coming home and you think you're just going to come home and you, you build it up the whole time you're there. I'm going to go home. I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be perfect and I'm gonna have this house and I pick a fence. And then I went home and I just drank and drank and drank until it was like, oh, you gotta stop. Man. You're going you're going down this path, you know, that you need to rein in. So then I did it for another ten years. Right. <laughs> right. I mean you know, but yeah, like, you know, they say don't drink, don't do don't do this, and it's like, well, I'm gonna drink, I'll smoke some pot, I'm gonna do this and that. And, I mean, pot's one of the things that really helped my brain a lot, you know. I don't know if it was just because it spaced me out to where I quit thinking about stuff
0: constantly. Yeah, I
1: could definitely see it, chill at least just chilling out those thoughts. But then, but then it can become, then it can kind of start going the other way. Well, yeah, you start, yeah, you lean a little too hard on and it. And I'm just stoned all the time, and I don't know how to function. And so then I had to quit smoking pot, you know, and I think, you know, what is moderation? even yeah. in moderation, you know, but yeah, that would be, I'd like to see what Josh does.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about it. I hope he uh, carries it through. And if not, you've got some extra pressure now, but yeah, so right. Get on it. Josh. We talked
1: about it on the podcast and I'm talking about it in other podcasts. with <laughs> shaman over there gets us going. Uh, That's a cool term. One. Did you guys use the, you know oh, the term yeah. shaman? I was yeah. just talking about that the other day. I hadn't thought about that term in forever. And I, t- I told someone, I was like, quit shaman. They're like, what? I was like, oh, dude, that was the, the best word. Yeah. Someone's sitting on ass. Like, The specialist is the sham shield. Sham shield, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> E4 Army. But, but, yeah, but I started playing guitar over there, and I always say that the true heroes were the guys that were stuck in that bunker with me while I was learning to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, shittily banging out. Three there's nothing chords.
0: worse than, than the guy
1: who's learning <laughs> mm. how to play guitar, and there's nowhere they can go. <laughs> <laughs> there's no escape. There's no escape. You're gonna listen to me play this Coldplay song over and over and over. Or uh, Kings of Leon, their first albums had come out. I came home on leave, and my buddies were like, "Dude, check the, these guys are from Oklahoma. Check this out," and they had. Youth and Young Manhood and Aha Shake had just come out. And so I took that back. And so I learned a lot of that stuff over there. But Bob Dylan, I, Ryan Adams had put out his first, well, he had been out for a while, but I hadn't got into him. And I found Love as Hell Volume 1 over there, which is kind of a rare CD. I don't even know. We had this little tent, and you'd get like, they'd have like 100 CDs, and like 50 of them would be. Beyonce's latest album it was just like whatever the extras were from Sam Goody or something you know that got donated or sent over and it'd be you know that and I remember finding that Ryan Adams album and all my friends were into him he had that I still love you New York song gold was out yeah and he'd kind of gotten popular off that and I just wasn't into it at the time and then I went over there and I found that love is hell album and it is a dark depressing fucker but it was really good for me at that at that time. Yeah. And Death Cab for Cutie, their Plans album, I found that in the box, you know, and damn dude. Yeah. That that was a revelation and that was a turning point.
0: Whenever was, I heard
1: Death Cab. It was something else because it was like songwriter stuff that just wasn't co- a guy with an acoustic. It was right. confusing. Like I don't even know how to make songs like this, you know. When
0: it was so sparse. Yeah. I'm always impressed when somebody can do so much with space in a song. Because he does these, like, uh, what is that? I can't remember which one it is, but it just has a rhythm to the guitar part. But it's just one line. Yeah, just notes. Yeah. And it would just go. And then that was, like, it was that and then his voice. And then it was just, it's crazy. And there's not much more to it. They add in a bass.
1: But then... It's it's a it's a neat thing, like I still lean on kind of sometimes with with a band, whereas you know when you're just by yourself solo, this is you're everything. But there's that song Soul Meets Body, and it's just ding ding ding, ding. like he's just hitting two notes, and then the bass is playing and the drum and everything's filling space, but nothing's filling too much space. Right. But all the f- space is filled, and so I remember like being a guy with an acoustic, like how could I even write like that? Like I don't even know how to do that, you know and um, whereas with like with Ryan Adams, it's a bunch of just chords and, and it's still beautiful, still amazing. But I guess you know, back in those days, I guess we're not supposed to talk about Ryan Adams anymore. But um, but that uh, was just that was a big part back then of like learning to write songs and and a guy named Bob Schneider. I discovered the student named Bob Schneider right before I went over. My buddy Bo showed me Bob and. Bob Schneider and Ryan Adams were real big back in at that those early parts of starting to play guitar and write songs and yeah i I'd been in a little band before I went over uh my buddy Bo has a band in Tulsa called Pilgrim and then Wink I don't know if you know Wink Bertram yeah and we had like our first little band together and they both played guitar and I didn't I just sang and wrote nice And, and uh and then when I was going overseas, I didn't, I still had that itch to create music, but I, that's why I started playing guitar was cause, well, I still want to do it Cause I had no interest in playing guitar to begin with. I just wanted to write songs, um, about being mad at my dad, you know, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so then when I left, it was like, well, I still have this urge, this burning to write and I've got to be able to create the music to go with it and so took an ibanez artwood guitar overseas and learned to play shitty chords hey man yeah acoustic in a capo
0: (laughs) (laughs) you want me to play in a new key no problem (laughs) what what was that
1: three capo three but Uh, you know i people hate the hate on the capo but first singer songwriter you know Learn all those bar chords, I think. Do it all. Why, why wouldn't you learn yeah. your instrument? But it's definitely a helpful tool, you know? Well, especially for the working musician. Dude, I'm not
0: going to sit down and learn how to play every cover I need to do in, you know. Yeah. I'll just keep them all in... If you can, G or whatever. Good for you, it's man. Simple. Yeah, like... If well, you, yeah, it, if I... If I really sat down and practiced and really focused on making that a priority, that's one thing. But I mean, that's just not right. I, I do I, for my own material. I try to write songs where I'm using cool extended chords and and different things when I can sit down and really put some real thought into it. And
1: you know, but yeah, well I, I use capo every day of my life. <laughs> I, I know some players that don't use capos at all and I think that's amazing. That's right. awesome. I'm gonna probably going to use a capo on this one though. So, you know, this, yeah. you know. I call those guys my lead guitar players. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> well, and, and like, I, you know, I think it's important if you are going to learn to play guitar and be a songwriter and stuff, I think be, just being a musician, being able to communicate with musicians around you is good. So, have that capo but learn how to transpose and be like well i'm i've got my capo here but this is in c you know here's the progression or or whatever and that's been a process for me i'm always learning still learning but i got started so late playing i mean i didn't start playing guitar until i was what 24 you know 23 23 24 and then didn't even really start playing guitar until i was probably 25 trying going okay i'm gonna do this and so i always felt like i had such a late start and i didn't really give a shit about being a guitar player i wanted to be a songwriter so capable. yeah there's a big difference yeah. between
0: being like an instrumentalist and being a songwriter and right. I've, that's something that i've always i've had to walk two lines in that because i i grew up like playing saxophone and then i i picked up guitar <laughs> But the only reason I picked it up was because I wanted to write songs. It's hard to do on a saxophone. It's, it's really hard. I'm not. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, right. And so I. But that's what I did on guitar. I was like, I want to be more than just strumming chords and stuff. But I also. I don't care about being Eric Clapton or. Right. Or being some virtuoso guitar player. I want to be able to convey my views and, and my stories. And I want to be able to connect with people. On a level that, you know, not just because I I had my outlet. Yeah. As far as like being able to put so much emotion into playing an instrument, I can do that on saxophone. Yeah. I don't need to do that on guitar. I just want to be able to use my, the human voice. Just a vehicle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like, I've gone through phases where. Man, you know, four chords. You know, everyone just does four chords, and and so I'm gonna make this one. You know, I, I went through a big Dave Matthews phase where it's, it's all <laughs> gotta be weird chords, and it's, and it's like, well, the listener or who are you writing for, you know, right? If it's a complicated structure that sounds good, then good. If it's a simple structure that sounds good, great, even better. You know. If, I was in a band one time, and it was me and another singer songwriter. We're still buddies, but the band did not work out at all because he was really into fish, and and which I like fish and stuff. But I'm probably the worst kind of fish fan because my favorite album is Farmhouse. <laughs> you know, like they're the one that all the fish fans hate. But it's because it was like very simple <laughs> melodies, you know, and three minute songs or or whatever. And and uh, I like their other stuff too, but that's what I. Went towards, but I remember going through and I was trying to write, but all these chords in this song. And my dad was like, my dad was a musician as well. And he wrote songs and he was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, what what the fuck is this? You know, stop that. And so I think there's a time and a place for everything. But for the most Tom Petty, most of his songs are three or four chords. Yeah. He was my first like
0: big guy. He was the person I analyzed like I, yeah. I looked at his music because I connected with it and I was like I want to write like this what is he doing and then I was like what the fuck he's That's, really
1: just using three and four chords that song's got two chords in it you know or yeah. or it's it's the a, a basic four chord structure but he's gonna hold on the one for a long time and then get you know it's, it's never just I think you can be too not too simple but too generic mm-hmm. there's a difference between simple and generic you know and his stuff was simple, but it wasn't generic. It, it may be D, C, and G, but he's going to structure it different, and he's going to throw that minor in in a weird spot, or he's going to not hold it for as long as you think he should or, or whatever, but it creates this thing. And yeah, there's just that simple beautiful, and if yeah. you got to use a capo. Well, right, I got obsessed, on. I I got obsessed hear that song. with it. I yeah. got obsessed with simplicity and music
0: there for a while. I, one of the well, not only just one of my favorite songs, but my, one of my band's favorite songs. And one of the people, like when people hear us play, this is, it's it's usually our set closer. And it's because I got obsessed with this idea of just a four chord song. And uh, cause it, I kept thinking about Tom Petty. And then I started thinking about like, well, every popular artist, every popular song like Taylor Swift is just using four chords. right, And so I was like, I'm gonna do that. I, I wanna write a song top to bottom, just using the same four chords. And I just gave it a little jazzy feel. And then it just kind of came out. And what it was is you have to be creative in other ways. You have to build it. You have to layer it exactly. with other things or uh, with a, a cool rhythm. Like you said, either hold to hold a little bit, like hold in an interesting amount of time on this
1: chord before you shift over into the other ones or whatever. But the yeah. choruses or the verses are all one chord. It's the same chord. And yeah. then the choruses explore the other three chords or whatever, you know? Yeah. like. And even so, if you write a complicated song and it sounds good, great. I don't give a shit. If it sounds good when it's done, good. Yeah. However you had to get there, just get there.
0: Yeah, and that's, how, that's where my ultimate goal is. Am, does it make me feel good? Yeah. When I listen to it, can I connect to it? If
1: you're just going to sit and jerk off on a bunch of yeah. chords, no one cares. Yeah, that's when people are playing for that's, other musicians. That's, that's practical. Yeah. You're doing that. And if a musician's at your show critiquing what you're doing, it's because he didn't have a show of his own. Yeah. So, and I'm not playing for you. I mean, I hope you like it. I hope everyone likes it, but I don't really care. I mean, there's some, like if some hero of yours walked in, you know, or or something, there's definitely people you respect that you want them to like your stuff, but for the most part, like, whatever, dude, like if you don't like it, I guess it's not for you, but. Right. It's, yeah. you know, some, that person likes it. So I'm going to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. Like, but um, yeah, if, if it's complicated and good, then good. If it's simple and good, then good. If awesome. it's bad, it's bad.
0: I'm going to ask you a question right now. All right. Because it's one that has been really cool to start asking people. is, uh, If you had to give advice to either a someone who wants to write songs or somebody that doesn't know how to write songs or even like, Seasoned veteran songwriters like what is something that you would want to tell them? In relation to songwriting yeah
1: songwriting itself just the I mean Listen to more hip-hop I think I grew up on a lot of hip-hop, you know, I was coming of age when Tupac and you know, I was post NWA but gangster rap and East Coast, West Coast, and all that, and they don't have—they're talking, so they don't have a lot of—they can't stretch a word over, you know, three or four bars. It's yeah. syllabic. It's da 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 da. I mean, you you really learn how to use words, or I did anyway. You know, like uh hip hop does a lot of good stuff.
0: And yeah creating rhythm with your words yeah. and your the stress
1: rhyme inside the line level. yeah you know your it's all about the words and it's portraying or conveying an emotion without you know i can make this song sound sad because i'm singing in you know minors or or whatever the theory is behind it with with hip hop you got to paint a picture just talking you know and yeah. essentially Um, I think that'd be one piece of advice I'd give because I think a lot of songwriters blow off hip-hop or rap or whatever, and it's like... I can definitely see that. That's poetry.
0: Yeah, that's how I look at it. Um, I've definitely... I don't listen to enough, but I definitely... When I was growing up, I listened to a lot of hip-hop, and uh, I was always super impressed with just the ability to... Man, when you can capture an energy and a movement... With the syllables and and just creating and being able to consistently do the same rhyme. Yeah. To be able to sit out and be like, well, I want the listener to hear, you know, da 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 da. Right. In my syllables, and then they they fucking do it, and it's not only do they do it, but it's a clear story, and it's and it's got gravity and weight and soul and yeah. something to it. Like that's. <sighs> I mean, for people that we're in a state where folk kind of takes hold its foothold here and country for songs that, in my opinion, are meant to be very, very much so about the story and the words themselves. I hope that we don't discredit the value of listening to rap and hip
1: hop. Man, I've been listening to this other podcast. As a source of inspiration. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been listening to this podcast called Dissect. And uh, Sam Crane told me about it and we were talking about Kanye West and uh, his, he had an album called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy that in my mind is an American masterpiece. Like it's, if we were going to do a time capsule and put a bunch of stuff, that would be one of the albums I would put in my time capsule. Um, But this podcast breaks down the music theory behind, you know, because people think, oh, sampling is just still in someone else's music. But like, if you listen, he breaks down uh, Tribe Called Quest. They had a song, "Can I Kick It," probably one of their most famous songs. If if you've never heard Tribe Called Quest, you've probably heard that song.
0: Mm,
1: okay. And he breaks down just what they sampled, and it's three different songs that come from like one's like a I can't remember which three they are, but it's three totally different songs that they sampled and layered over each uh, over top of each other, and it's like, oh wow you think that it's just they stole oh they just stole someone else some other musician did the work and then now they're just stealing it but for them to the way that they layer it over each other and it all works and it's one's like a country song and one's like a old soul song and one's some you know African you know traditional song that they took and they sampled all three and layered them and now you've got this beautiful thing and then over top of that they they've got their lyrics you know it's it's really cool As well, you know, like, I don't know. Hip hop's just been a big part of my life. I listen to more hip hop than I listen to folk or country or anything else. Like if you see me with headphones on, I'm either listening to a podcast or I'm listening to hip hop, you know, like I just here lately. I've been going back through all Eminem's catalog. The early stuff was pretty good. He went through a weird, it's not so great anymore, but he's still got the skill. Yeah. You know, he definitely does. There was uh, a period of time where I was definitely listening to all of his stuff. For sure. Just the way he can manipulate the English language is pretty great. You know, but I've been, that's been here recently, but uh, more over the last couple of years, I've just been in a real 90s East Coast hip hop mode, like the old, you know, Tribe and Busta and, and Most Deaf and just all the... Wu-Tang that whole scene where it was Wu-Tang was a little grimier but like a lot of the more um, introspective hip hop you know like Mostef has that song Used to Love Her but Her is the the rap game and he's kind of talking about how it was changing you know and becoming more about he wrote that that song came out when it was changing more into like the bling bling and all that kind of stuff and yeah it's just really neat to me um I don't know. Being a, a just a white dude from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and being able to listen to DMX or listen to Tupac or listen to somebody who's telling me about a world I've never known, but I feel like I'm in that. Wo- I can put my headphones on and kind of get an understanding of somebody else's perspective on life. Yeah, you can resonate with someone else's pain even if you've not. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of times with folk. I love folk, obviously, Americana, whatever it is. But a lot of times nowadays, we're trying to portray a character that we're not. Yeah. You know, we're trying to... And hip-hop does that, too. There's a lot of people rapping about their millions when it's their first album, you know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but a lot of it is that storyteller thing that we like. And, like, from Woody Guthrie telling the, the story of this, you know, of what he was seeing and doing. Tupac did the same thing. You know, DMX did the same thing. He's telling a story from his perspective. He's a songwriter, and he's telling this story, and I get to see what it's like to grow up and being from Yonkers and being poor, or grow up, you know, and, and in the Bay Area, or you just get to see this other world through their words, and it's just amazing to me. It's it's that is the power of a song, yeah. And for to be transported, to be this big headed cracker from Broken Arrow and get to listen and I'm sure I can never understand what they go through but to just see this world that I would never have known anything about you know I was hanging out and fishing and doing this and that but getting to listen it's just the power of song I guess is what that is for me that's awesome I've never
0: yeah I really dig that Um, well shoot man we're getting pretty close to Wrapping this up, uh, cool. let's talk about. Um, oh, let's talk about your song real quick. Oh, yeah. That we're gonna,
1: I'm going to feature at the end of this. Um, and this is called Harry Nielsen. Harry Nielsen. Yeah, that was, a, that was one of those ones, like I said, the, the plane coming through the clouds. That one, the plane was moving quick. Um, that's probably, I don't write love songs really, I, I'm more on the other end. Yeah, like you were talking about writing a song for a wedding. I'm more on the heartbreak side of stuff or the downtrodden, sad kind of songs, I guess, a lot of times. A large part of what I've written. But that one was just, uh, she's my wife now, you know, and that was a song that I'd written. We'd just started dating and every word, you know, says smoke my cigarettes and you spoke in English about Italy. That was us sitting at, at this little bar on Main Street here in Norman. And she doesn't smoke, but she kept stealing my... I don't smoke now anymore either, but... And if you see me, don't tell her. But <laughs> um, she would steal one of my cigarettes, you know, and we were just sitting getting to know each other, and she'd tell me about living in Italy. And and, and then, like I said, singing a, that Harry Nilsson tune at the amphitheater over there, and that was just... Uh, and it was the chords, the chord progression and the way that I played it I told John Calvin a bunch, like, I either stole this from you or Wilco, maybe both. But <laughs> it was definitely, I've been listening to um, his Vice versa Sweet and, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Sorry, John, but uh, Far Cries and Close Calls something. God, I'm fucking that up. But just the way that John Calvin approaches songwriting is so beautiful to me like his instrumentation the way he it's just beautiful and i've been listening a lot of his stuff that vice versa sweet's amazing and uh and so i would had this chord progression i had been kind of playing around with and and then that was one of those songs that you ever feel like you can't write fast enough Mm. like like this it's just coming out and it's like i gotta get this out before i forget well not even i don't even know if it's forget it's like it's like a it's like a stream of consciousness
0: that's coming and you can't get it out fast enough and it's piling up yeah. behind your ears. I sound like or
1: your a, mouth. I sound like a dick, but I didn't write that song, right? You know, I like the universe <laughs> wrote that song or whatever, <laughs> like yeah because I had an idea, but it, would, it would just came out so quick that it was like every word was perfect. you didn't I mean, it's just there. yeah, yeah I've had that once or twice in my life, and those are and it, those are great. You know. Usually some of my favorite songs or what I think are my best songs are the the ones that I feel like once I have to sit down and start hammering on a song, then it's it's already you've already lost the magic, it's already gone. Like yeah. I said earlier. Now it's a job. Write it down, put it away. If it comes back to you it does. If not, maybe there's a line you can steal from that. But this was one that just I started writing it one night and then got up the next day and sat down and finished it. And um yeah it's one of those tunes that like you're saying writing about something else that that one's all true the whole everything about it is exactly how it happened you know and um i recorded a version of that with uh kyle reed um i did a little ep we never i think i, I think i put it on soundcloud but it, dwight hamlin over at class and Re- records recordings is about to master it but i recorded with kyle reed at his place a little four track to the cassette and uh Mike Byers on drums, um, Johnny on, on, Johnny Carlton on, I think it was Johnny on bass. And Dave on, Oof, maybe Dave on bass. I thought Dave played keys. Dave may have done both. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's life. But I felt like it was, <laughs> we move Well, Johnny and, Johnny and Kyle were living together at the time. Um, so I, f- I want to say Johnny came in and played, but I think it might not have been. God, I have no clue. What an idiot. Um, but yeah, we recorded that. And then now the ain'ts do it. We're getting ready to record it. Rerecord it, you know, it's a full band, but. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Well,
0: well shit. Uh. I know you guys are going to enjoy this, uh, (laughs) listening to Harry Nielsen. Um, uh, Before we go, what is a good way for people to find your music or find you? Um, I know you guys crush it at the deli pretty
1: regularly. Yeah, we play the happy hour show every Monday at the deli. The Aints, um, 7 to 9, free show, come on out. Uh, We're getting ready to record an album. I know you probably think I'm lying. We've been saying that for three years. Um, I'm on Instagram, Derek Paul music. Uh, uh, if you go to Instagram, I think my SoundCloud links in there. Um, my old band, the handsome devils, you can find us on YouTube or probably YouTube. I don't know. I'm really bad with all this stuff, I um, but like, uh, you know, we're on iTunes, Derek Paul and the handsome devils. Um that first album we did and then Wolves is a song off the second album that we never officially released, but we put that song out. Um but yeah, you can find me on Instagram um and Twitter. I think my name's D P G something. D E E P E E G E E thirteen or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad at Twitter. I got off Facebook and there's this gaping void because Facebook, you could just like type something funny and go about your day and now I'm on Twitter and I think I've got like six followers and they don't really care for me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Instagram is the main thing I do for social media. Um, Derek Paul Music and, uh, and then I've got another pretty sweet Instagram that's called a Sidewinder HHR and it's just all pictures of HHRs. The Chevy take on a classic car hell yeah so, right on man all right man hey appreciate you coming on thanks for having me dude this is fun let's do it again josh get that that uh veterans <laughs> program going do it man <laughs> all right uh and as always
0: jared Valuch. thank you guys for joining us catch you next time
2: Italy Told you my regrets And did my Best to make you Laugh at me Did you know No Sat down by The water Watched that sun sink So low on Mother's Day Told you About my father and I believed you when you said I'd be okay. Did you know? No. Know? know that I would be the one to take you home. No, I'd be the one to shake your bones. No, I'd be there on the telephone. When you're all alone. Cathedral When you sang to me A Harry Nilsson Song While we stood under The canopy Did you know No Listen to Sky Blue Sky While I filled you of useless facts Looked me in my eye Oh, I kissed you You kissed me back Did you know? No No, that I would be the one to take you home No, I'd be the one to shake your bones No, I'd be there on the telephone All alone